0: I ruled with fear. I intend to rule with respect.
1: What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Wayward World podcast uh, reaction to the book of Boba Fett. I'm Sid. Join me once again, Jedi Knight Jeff, uh, Bounty Hunter Jeff, uh, my guy, my dude, my host. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing excellent. And yourself? You know, I I hate this cold, man. Like, this cold has been, like, we're in Spokane, Washington, and it is icy and cold and awful, and I hate it. It's been snowing nonstop. It's well, and it's, it's, it's wet now, you know, it, it it was snowed, which is fine.
0: I love snow, but then it rains and it's all slush and gross.
1: Yeah. So yeah. that's why, yeah. So that's why I'm excited to get back to you, uh, but get back to some dry, get, hot. get bed. back into the desert.
0: Let's go yeah. back to Tatooine.
1: Yes. We are going back to Tatooine. We're going back into episode uh, or chapter two rather, because this is a book, uh-huh. you know, Boba Fett did uh-huh. write this book and decided to share it with all of us. <laughs> that's the the (laughs) conceit we're going with yeah he wrote the book i mean it is the book of boba fett so we are now in chapter two of the book of boba fett the tribes of tatooine which Mm i thought that's a badass name i'm I'm very excited about that but for the uninitiated before we get into this episode uh because we're going to get into it right away um please make sure you subscribe to the wayward world podcast. If you want to see more of these episodes, or if you want to watch the other stuff that I do like the rewind or are you there? The solo show that I do. Um, the rewind is a show I do every Sunday. I've been doing it since, uh, June of 2020, we're coming up on two years, have been doing podcasting. Um, so if you, it's a show where I sit down with a wayward artist as we talk about someone or something that they're thankful for or whatever it is I want to talk about. So if you want to catch that, make sure you catch it every Sunday. Uh, support the show on p- patreon.com slash We're at the dollar level you can buy me something off the dollar menu, but at the $5 or above level, you can su- help support the show by getting exclusive content, uh, newsletters, uh, hangouts, and potentially being a guest on the show. Um, so please support us on patreon.com slash where And then, subscribe on YouTube. We don't have a URL yet because uh, YouTube doesn't think we're worthy of one unless we get a (laughs) hundred subscribers. So please make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, If you want to listen to us on audio podcast services, we're everywhere. Anything with the podcast with a cast at the end, we are there, including. Facebook podcasts and Spotify also offers video podcasts. So, uh, if you want to watch your, if you don't want to watch on YouTube, you can watch on Spotify. Cause yeah, it's a video podcast on Spotify, which that's a new thing and write us on. Oh yeah. And make sure you write us on uh, Apple podcast and Spotify, um, rate comment, subscribe helps c- keep the channel growing. And then shout out to Jared Petty with the pockets full of soup and top 100 game Podcast for being my podcast ad. There we go. That was the rigmarole. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That was a really good, like, uh, not, not to give, like, go off topic here, Jeff, but like, that was probably the best time i ever, like I've ever done it. I, like that was perfect. I think, what do you, what did you think of the rigmarole? I don't know. I, yeah, I think you covered all the bases, you know, you got everything in there that you needed to get in. Yeah. And I always, uh, I always tend to forget something. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, so you got
0: like a little checklist, you know? It's okay, we got this here, and
1: yeah, I mean, like it—it it would help if I had a checklist. The checklist is up here, you mm-hmm. know? just like watching these episodes. Like everything, it's up here, so hopefully, we, I'll remember them. I said I was going to write stuff down. I didn't write anything down,
0: but now I—on uh, that note, though, uh, I was late watching this episode. Okay, because I was—I was binging Arcane, which, by the way, if you haven't seen it, for the love of all that is good in the world watch it it's amazing Mm -hmm. uh so so i was late watching boba fett but the nice bit about that is it's more fresh in my mind now as we're talking about it because i watched it more recently
1: nice arcane is uh something i'll I'll definitely watch after i finish watching the best show on netflix uh cobra kai Mm. (laughs) oh man i love i i'm watching i'm watching through all of them right now i watched all three karate kids and i'm going through cobra Kai right now So, I'm just like, I'm ready, dude. I, Cobra Cry is like literally perfect. Like Karate Kid, that universe, perfection. Like, I, we can go, we could make a whole podcast video about Karate Kid. But anyway, this is, this is not what the show is about. Yeah. Um, if you haven't li- watched the chapter two of the book of Boba Fett, uh, what are you doing? Uh, we're going to spoil this whole show. So, spoilers abound. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, uh, that we're going to start talking about the episode in one, three, two, one go jeff what did you think we
0: were wrong about the mayor i'm just gonna put that right out there from Mm -hmm. the first like the mayor we we, new character we've never heard of before came in in second episode you know like we were everything we were predicting about the mayor was (laughs) wrong except for the fact that he sent the assassins which yeah it was pretty obvious i think
1: you know like i looked that up on youtube after the episode and uh doc like his name is doc uh it's like an Arabic name almost shines. Yeah. Shine and he was secret.
0: voiced by Robert Rodriguez.
1: Yeah. That's what it said. And I just thought like, well, maybe it's a cover, you know, like I thought maybe it was like a fake out because why would you, why would you make it a secret in episode one? And like, it's just the, just the new guy. <laughs>
0: yeah. I don't know. And now in that same vein, I want to say too, that the, I'm not really digging the the present day storyline you know like the the what's going on now with with the with fennec like the 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 flashbacks with the tuscan raiders i love that give me more of that i want an entire show of that that's a that's amazing it's great i love it the 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 stuff now like with with fennec where he's walking through town he's trying to see the mayor and he doesn't have an appointment like i don't i don't care i'm not i'm not interested i'm not it's not I'm not feeling it you know like Mm
1: -hmm. well i think it's not grabbing me i think it's because um of the way the show's structured i feel like if we had more time in the present Mm. day or more time in the the flashbacks like if it was just a prequel episode to like the mandalorian where Mm -hmm. it wasn't like this prequel sequel to the mandalorian type thing i think maybe you'd have liked the present stuff more i personally i'm liking the pre present stuff too uh, mostly because of a certain character that's in there, but we'll talk about him in just a second. Um, I think I know who you're talking about too, but we, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll get to the Easter egg parts, but like, because he's he is a big Easter egg, like, he's a big reference, mm-hmm. so we'll get into him. Because he, um, actually, you know what? Let's just get into him right now. Um, well, we're not, this isn't necessarily like the Easter egg portion of the show, but like there is a very prominent character in the show that I want to talk about. Does he even count as an Easter if, if it's who you're thinking of, if it's who I think you're talking about, it doesn't even really
0: count as an Easter egg because well, who it's are you like right there about? in your face. The, the Wookiee. Yeah. 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 Uh, it, now he, he was in the comics, wasn't he?
1: Oh yes, he was. He. Yeah. See,
0: now I, as I said, cause I haven't really read a lot of the comics, but I know he was in there. His, that is my boy,
1: Brack, uh, Black Chrysanthemum. Black that's DeSantis. his name i couldn't think of what his name was exactly okay. when, when i saw him in that show i freaked the fuck out because i um i was an early adopter of like the earlier comics and he's really mm-hmm. present in those um yeah. so i'm very familiar with his like relationship with boba fett as being the guy who um like well boba fett, like darth vader hired him actually initially right in, yeah in, in yeah comic book um, Boba Fett to find the person who destroyed the Death Star at the time. He didn't know it was Luke Skywalker. Yeah, uh, he... this is how Vader found out that it was that he had a son
0: and that Palpatine lied to him and everything mm-hmm. is, is Boba was the one who actually told him exactly. about that. See, I'm not entirely ignorant of the comics, I do know some things.
1: Yeah, but uh, Black Chrysanthemum had to go find like this um, uh, cyborg, um, I, like person. I can't, I, I don't, I'm too fuzzy about that, but Black Chrysanthemum is also very um prominent. In one of the best like comic book characters ever, Doctor Afra, who yeah. yeah, I like when I saw him, I just freaked out because I'm like, Doctor Afra could be in this epi- the show, that would be cool. Oh my god, dude, I uh, I need my lesbian queen. I think she's lesbian. I, lesbian or bisexual? Like I, we need some more queer people in Star Wars, um but she's in a like a a, le- a woman 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 relationship in the comics. Well, kinda, <laughs> not really, but um. No, Black Chrysanthemum, I think, like, seeing him in live action and Boba Vett acknowledging, like, his gladiator status mm-hmm. like and stuff like that, you could tell, like, there's, like, a history between and them. And he looked
0: good, too. Like, the, the costuming and everything, like, that would, that, that, he looked good.
1: He was a scary boy. Um, he yeah. Was, he was not Chewbacca, but. No. <laughs> yeah, but him and Chewbacca have fought. Um, the scar on Black Chrysanthemum's face, you want to know where that came from? I'm going to guess Chewbacca. No, it didn't. Oh, he fought. Because he he fought our boy, Ewan McGregor, Obi Wan Kenobi. Oh, did he, he? Yeah, yeah. He gave him that scar. So Blacker said that. Um, this was um, before, like you know, like obviously during the time, like before well, Episode Four. So this was like during, if we, ha- if I had to put a timeline on it, it was during the probably when the book of like the Obi-Wan Kenobi TV show is going to happen. I was
0: going to say, I like Obi-Wan's got a show coming up They're in, they're putting this character in there to get it. Maybe yeah. we're going to see
1: some of that. Well, I really hope it's actually a Dr. Afra show. <laughs> <laughs> Cause like, she's so cool. She's like the star Wars, Indiana Jones, which like that makes sense for Lucas. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It really does. So that'd be cool.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I, so yes, yeah, so that's the, now I, I'm not going to lie i thought i did think that part was cool uh I a part that i laughed at was when the the hot twins came in and mm-hmm. they were like wiping themselves off with little uh little rodent creatures as like handkerchiefs or whatnot
1: <laughs> yeah well there's an then- actually there's a reference Easter egg i want to get into uh thanks to uh star wars explains he talks those uh little rat things have a mm-hmm. important part of well, well they're they're a reference. They're an Easter. Egg. It's Star Wars. Everything
0: is an important part <laughs> of something like there's, there's nothing in Star Wars. That's not connected to something else. Like everything mm-hmm. means something.
1: Yeah. But like, it made me excited, like uh seeing the mayor and like, it's an Ithorian, which I, I love the Ithorians and then he had yeah, like, they're the cool. Community. Yeah. And he had, yeah, the, he had the, the translator
0: thing on it, the, which I the thought,
1: there. yeah. First seen in Star Wars rebels. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Which was, you know, it was really cool. And like you know, Garcia Whip. Like, what's she up to? Like, was she like? <laughs> did is the mayor actually telling the truth? I don't feel like the mayor actually has any re- reason to lie that this assassin like mm-hmm. was hired by him or not. Like that that wasn't hired by him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Well, and I mean,
0: like they the way uh, Fennec tricked him, tricked the assassin into t- telling him that which oh, that, that was funny. kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Like, and as soon as they dropped him down there, I was like. Wait, the rancor is dead, and and I was thinking because in the Bad Batch we know that they had another they have another baby rancor, mm-hmm. and I was thinking, is there another one down there or is it just empty and she's bluffing? Like, I... yeah,
1: that was so a that, cool scene.
0: That was, that was that was kind of fun. I enjoyed that. Yeah, uh, but it's it's all the the bureaucracy stuff. Like I say, that the part about going to see the mayor and they don't have an appointment, it almost felt like. Did you ever watch like the old uh, Chad Vader videos?
1: I'm familiar with them. I, I know so, who that you're talking
0: yeah. about so it it it's kind of like that where it was almost like a parody, like a like a robot chicken sketch or something, like well, I'm Boba Fett, I'm here to see the mayor. Do you have an appointment? No, oh, I don't, you know, like it's it it felt out of place almost like they
1: were doing a bit, mm-hmm. you know. I feel that, but you know, like I'm kind of embracing it. Like I it, while it is kind of weird, like it is it's different, like it it isn't mm. Star Wars. And I think like what's really interesting about the book of boba fett so far is it's kind of it's giving oh, us like fr- a lot oh am i frozen
0: oh yeah, you're good now i guess okay.
1: i was like probably just like very still um so what's really cool about the book of boba fett to me is it's really like embracing the weird side of star wars which we'll, we'll get into when we talk about like the flashback scene because yeah, there's a lot of weird stuff there
0: there's a lot <laughs> but, of weird stuff
1: but um like I'm really interested to see. Like it, it's that weird shit that I wish Star Wars was more of. You know, a little bit. Like I, it, it's like I feel like the big complaint of Star Wars, at least like the 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 last like couple three movies, um, it's very tied to the original trilogies. or uh, yeah. it's very tied to like the Skywalkers.
0: Mm-hmm. And like,
1: I feel like the Book of Boba, even the Mandalorian, to an extent, like was kind of trying to do that too with like Luke Skywalker showing up at the a end bit, of Mandalorian. Yeah. But the book of Boba Fett, I feel like it's really trying to embrace like this rare, weird side, like th- that I'm really digging. So well, back. and I
0: mean, when you think of, like people will have everyday lives, you know, like there's they go to work, they come home, they they go to a bar, they mm-hmm. you know, there's there's the mayor, who has got his bureaucracy, he's running the towns, he's got to be like, well, we got to make sure we patch up the roads over on the east side of town. The Tuscan Raiders have been in there, and you know, like this sort of thing obviously happens. Mm-hmm. You know, every, cause like everything in Star Wars that we, that we're privy to usually is like super high stakes all the time, mm-hmm. but you know, it is Star Wars. It's not, you know, star municipal board meeting. Exactly. Uh, so mm-hmm. like there's there, a certain amount of that is, you know, it's okay. Sure. We can see like how the everyday operations go by. I just, I, I hope that
1: there's not too much of it. You That's know what right. I mean? yeah i see what you mean uh when you the moment you said like board meeting like bureaucracy i was like did you watch episode one the <laughs> i knew
0: you were gonna throw that out <laughs>
1: yeah it was just like yeah that's that's episode one and i love episode one actually episode one i i do i'm, I'm
0: a yeah. big fan of episode one actually yeah it's, um, what did it's you sacrilege to say so but it's probably my favorite of the prequel trilogy
1: yeah i i would 100 percent actually agree with you um I, I don't know i think it was because i was a kid and Mm. that was like my you know the force awakens like was a big star wars mania thing for a lot of people episode one was that to me there was like star wars everywhere and it was well and
0: yeah because i was still a kid when it came out and you know technically speaking uh and so i have this nostalgic feeling for it kind of like i have for the original trilogy whereas episodes two and three i was for episode two i was i had like was barely on an adult, you know, I think I was like 18, 17, something like that. And then episode three, obviously I was, I was living on my own. I was in college and things. So, but like episode one, you know, I was a kid and a star Wars. We're going to go see new star Wars movie. It's so
1: great. You know, Mm -hmm. you get that,
0: that memory with it.
1: Yeah, exactly. No, I I was much younger than you. I think I was 13 when revenge of the Sith came out. Yeah. So baby boy, (laughs) (laughs) um, but like, no, like, uh, like the I, I'm I'm very hopeful for the present day stuff, especially like the fact that we got Huts in this, um, which I was very happy to see. I learned recently, actually, because um, I haven't finished War of the Bounty Hunter, but I got a little bit spoiled, uh, which it's no big deal. I haven't really caught up on it. I I stopped buying comics for a bit. Um, mm-hmm. I did not know uh, Darth Vader killed all the Huts. You know like he killed every every single one of them you know not just the men but the the women but the the, women and the children (laughs) yeah well it was all because of like um i I mentioned where the bounty hunters Uh, it was kira auctioning off like uh han solo's carbonated like body right she stole the han solo from boba fett (laughs) so yeah so there's history there but um yeah, the huts were on like in that same auction, and Darth Vader. Shit, I gotta there. read this stuff. It was it was pretty. That wild. sounds exciting. Yeah, Darth Vader was there, and he killed all the huts. You know, like um well, obviously not all of them. Yeah, there's these Both two of them the, these two twins who don't have a name yet. Um, very like those huts were like the weirdest thing because I thought they were like when they mentioned the twins, I was like, do we know any like? um Yeah, I was trying stuff? to think.
0: of Like, have these because the only other time we've seen huts. Other than Jabba would have been in uh Clone Wars, because I don't think Rebels had any huts, did they? Um I mean no. I'm I'm trying to flash back to they might have there might have been a hut or something in Rebels, but I know there were there were some in, in Clone Wars. There, we met several of them.
1: There's a Lego hut in uh in Lego Leg- hut. Lego Star Wars uh Freemakers, uh which takes place uh between I think it's between Empire and Return of the Jedi. I, I don't think Lego Star Wars counts as canon though, does it? You know, like let's bring uh, Grubball of the Hut, which that was that Hut's name. But let's bring him on; he's alive. Um, <laughs> I think, like with the Lego shows, actually, they, um, the creators of that, were sa- always said like, "There's some truth in there." It's just like it's a kiddie thing. Like, oh yeah, they're just
0: they're. It's a spoof. the it's a self spoof,
1: basically. They're just having fun with it. Yeah, but the characters and like the stories could be real. That's likely sure. Yeah, but whatever it was cool seeing these two things that they kind of looked like they were big blobs, you know, like I thought they were <laughs> conjoint twins. And I was like, Oh, that's really freaky. But no, they're just like, they, have they just thing. sit
0: next, next to each other. They're really
1: close, I guess. Oh yeah. I think it's uh, I think it's a Circe and uh like <laughs> yeah, that. maybe An incestuous type. Well, of in legends,
0: correct me if I'm wrong in legends, Weren't huts supposed to reproduce asexually? They were. They were agender and they produced asex. Reproduced asexually, isn't
1: that? Uh, In legends, they were hermaphrodites. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. So So I'm I'm misremembering,
0: but it's a (laughs) similar sort of thing. Whereas now they they have defined genders. There's a brother and a sister, and
1: yeah, you uh, know, I don't know. I don't know how the huts. I never really like looked into it i love the huts i don't know we, if i want we hut. need some we need a documentary on
0: hot sex right now can we can we get that
1: please yeah well there yeah so those were uh java's cousins i wonder if they're related to zorba the hut hmm. well, not zorba what's his face um zero zero the hut yeah the uh the southern gay <laughs> <laughs> the only representation we'll ever see for the lgbt oh, Jesus Christ. um but it was cool. They, I thought they looked really good. I mean, like they looked way better than obviously the episode 1 the Phantom Menace job of the hut. Mm.
0: Well, I mean, it's, it's been what 23 years, so yeah, I would expect the effects to to improve. Uh what got me about them though, and I'm not going to say it, like Boba standing up to them and saying like if you want this shit, you're going to have to kill me. That was cool. Like that's what I expect out of Boba Fett. Uh but then they're just like Okay. And then they just leave. Like there was, you know, this, this whole thing. And they're like, you know, you're going to have to, and then there's there's like, well, we're we're, going to leave now. And they just go. And it's like, that was it? it. It felt, it felt anticlimactic.
1: Yeah, I think like uh, with the context of the comics, since that's where we're going right now, and mm-hmm. where Nahada and like the Hut Cartel is right now, mm-hmm. I don't think there's a lot of them. So like, they're probably like strategizing, is what. Yeah, I would... they don't
0: want to take any unnecessary risks.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay, but... that's
0: that's fair, but it's it's it would de- devoid of that context though, which as I I, I don't have that context because I haven't read that comic series. Mm-hmm. Uh it it did feel a little a little anticlimactic it was like it's like oh this is cool there's a face off with the huts and boba fett's being badass and and there's this wookie over here and mm-hmm. and oh it's over okay mm-hmm. they're leaving all right. exactly
1: yeah no i get that i mean it's kind of hard uh to like devour all this but you know if you're like i think like it's a little treats for the star wars fans you know like a little mm-hmm. like, like for the ones that you know do everything like yes yeah, yeah. Um, if you like um, recommend recommendation for you and the wayward artists out there get Marvel unlimited. Um, it's I think 10 bucks a month and mm-hmm. you get access to a giant library of Marvel comics, including the star Wars comics, which that's where a lot of the, the that's where all the star Wars comics are published. It's, they're published that's not a bad idea. Long. So they have all the runs. Um, there are two star Wars runs. There's one that takes place. Um, between a new hope and empire and mm-hmm. that run is finished and all the comics related to that are finished. So you can read that entire section, um, right now. And then the Charles soul, that, that one, the version, which is between, um, empire and return of the Jedi, um, that one's still developing. So like it usually takes them about three or six months for those runs mm-hmm. to come out, but there are, I think for the majority of them are all there. Um, so, uh, or a good chunk of them. So, yeah, maybe do some uh, required reading.
0: <laughs> there you go. Well, and I mean, like I am going to have to at some point because I, I don't like being behind on stuff. Cause uh there, there I'm used to, there not being this much star Wars material, you mm-hmm. know, like there, you know, there's, there's so much that's coming out. Uh, Now there's the comics and the books and, and, you know, the games are Canon now. Like mm-hmm. so you have to play them to know what's going on. Like, uh, and there's so many, there's all these different TV shows that are coming out. Uh, whereas it used to be like, there were the movies and then it was the Clone War show. And yes, there was the EU, which like I read the, I read a lot of the old EU books, but even before Disney decanonized them, uh, in my mind, they were always just glorified fan fiction anyway. So I didn't really care.
1: Yeah, I mean, some of them you know, George Lucas approved, but like yeah. whatever came through to George Lucas, that was always canon, um, which that yeah. was always a, a good thing about not having to like read all those books as a kid. I was just like, oh, man, mm-hmm. there's so many. I, I picked up a Star Wars book and I was like, dang, this is part two of a series that I've never read. Why did why did I buy this yeah. book?
0: <laughs> and the, 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 the quality was so up and down, like anything written by Timothy Zahn was obviously amazing. Mm-hmm. And then like anything written by Kevin J. Anderson was like crap. And then there was like everyone in between. So.
1: Exactly. Mm. Well, um, I, I'm almost certain like Kira or Dr. Afra or one of these like obscure. Well, I I want
0: to see them. I want them to be in this show or something, you know, like Mm -hmm. they
1: gotta, they gotta be, they gotta be in here. Yeah. Uh, Well, I'm very also excited to see the beef between black chrysanthemum and Boba Fett. Like that would be really cool. Yeah. we can make a whole other podcast about Galaxy's Edge, honestly, and how I wish, like, they would give some leeway to, like, the, the canonization of that theme park. I wish we could see Boba Fett, like, well, in the the, parks. D- the difficulty with that is, like, with all
0: the other media, like, the books, people can go to a bookstore, people can go to a comic book store, people can watch, you know, Disney Plus or go to the movies. Like, with Galaxy's Edge, like, you actually have to make the trip to mm-hmm. the theme park and go you know like not everybody can do that yeah. so like it, it's it's tough to put too much into that that is then canon that's you know that you know you, you're going to include those kinds of things that then people won't have that context for if they haven't been to the been to the park exactly you know and yeah. so like you could put in like little bits of things like easter egg things like your droid buddy there that mm-hmm. are just fun you know, but I like if there's if there's too many story elements or, or characters, you know, people aren't gonna know who any of these people are, or what's going on, you know.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, I guess like that's that's what that's what I hate about like that's the, one of the things I just hate about Galaxy's Edge is how reliant it is it is on canon because it is a story. Like mm-hmm. book, I was gonna point out actually, like among all these characters, right behind them is uh, Black Spire Outposts. I think that's what the book's called, which is a Galaxy's Edge book, and. Mm. Uh, one chapter of it is a glorified advertisement for, the- no, <laughs> for Batu, but the re- honestly the rest of the story in this is like fire. Like this is a really good book. Um, like that that that's really cool. But like I don't know, like the re- the reason why you don't see Darth Vader in Batu or like Luke Skywalker or Han Solo, it's because it's supposed to be canon. And I'm just like I don't know, man. Like I I go to the Marvel place and I'm just like man, I could see Spider Man. And Spider-Man, like, is it doesn't have to be canon, you know, of course with Marvel,
0: with Marvel, there's a thousand, there's a multiverse. So it could be canon in a multiverse that we've never seen in one of the multi, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, uh, whereas Star Wars, there's one universe, Mm -hmm. you know, two, if you count legends, I guess. Uh, but so like they, they, it would be harder for them to finagle that. But like you say, like you could, you could just, you could have them there. And, you know, they doing stuff, interacting with people, it doesn't have to be canon, it could just be something fun for for people to visit. And I, and I think that it might actually be better, because like what I was talking about before is like trying to have it be canon, you know, basically shuts everybody out who hasn't been there to that element of the canon, where if it's, if it's just, you know, uh, non, non non-canon, it's just fun, then, you know, there's, you can do so much more with it
1: yeah uh to put a cap on uh batu because like that was all rant because like i just really want to see this version of boba fett in the parks i think batu and galaxy's edge is canon but not necessary like as someone Mm. who's like absorbed all the the lore of that unless Mm -hmm. they unless we see we see batu in this which that would be kind of cool if they did um i don't think i think it's just like one of those things that's canon but it's you don't have to read about Batu. This
0: is a side story, not important. Does, does has no real effect on anything else that happens
1: anywhere else. Not yet. <laughs> well, yeah. All right. Well, back to the book of Boba Fett. Um, that's I what. That's the, what
0: we're supposed to be talking about.
1: Yeah. Remind me, of, like in the present day, is that pretty much it? Like, I it was. They they went they went
0: to the mayor's office and they they talked to the mayor and then they talked to the twins, uh, both of whom <laughs> I laughed because. Because the mayor and the twins both basically said what we said last week that mm-hmm. you know boba's maybe in a little over his head mm-hmm. trying to be a crime lord you know he when his skill sets are for a bounty hunter and bo- both of them basically said
1: that same thing to him yeah. exactly and we're like oh yeah yeah, yeah. So. um star wars explained uh made a reference that like um that like it, it's kind of parallels the mandalorian when he talks mm-hmm. to when the mandalorian talks to a warner hershaw it's like bounty mm-hmm. hunting is a it's a complicated profession. Not a lot of people mm-hmm. are able to like do it something like that. Mm-hmm. And like him being like the the di- daimyo of t- Tatooine is like like I, I don't know reflection. Um, mm-hmm parallels uh, its poetry it rhymes type of situation <laughs> Which I, like, I don't know if it was like a reference or anything but like that's i think that, that was like an interesting tidbit that like star wars explained um, mm-hmm. brought up um but yeah not much uh in the present day um we spent a lot of time in the flashback which i think was very bold of them yeah. but
0: also i loved that whole section mm-hmm. like every if, the, like i say I, I wasn't a big fan of the, the opening part except for you know a few of the fun bits but Uh, the the whole flashback section and it didn't it didn't bounce back and forth like last week's episode did it was like present day here flashback here episodes done Mm -hmm. and like that whole like it was a good two-thirds of the episode if not three-quarters of the episode was that flashback and that that was really good oh yeah and like that that's the that's the kind of shit i signed up for is is right there that's what i want
1: to see yeah that yeah, that flashback scene. The fact that we're like humanizing uh, these Tuscan writers as like mm. people who like ruled Tatooine at one point, like ma- making them like kind of like indigenous, like in a mm-hmm. way, or like um, you know colonialism and stuff like that. Like it's yeah, Which, I thought that was really cool. That does
0: harken back to um, the old comics and also Knights of the Old Republic. Uh, back in legends is they were, you know, they had their own society and then the Rakutans came in and and they, you know, took over and then they decimated the planet and the oceans dried up and the plant, you know, most of the plants died and it became a desert. And the Tuscans renounced technology and went back to, you know, nomadic way. The, the whole like there's a massive backstory on the Tuscan raiders back in the old legends comics and stuff that was really, really cool. And uh and I'm glad to see that they're they're putting their officially canonizing some of that like they're talking about like before the oceans dried up you're like you're getting some of this Tatooine lore like some of this the history of these people that have been here for so long and that hate outsiders so much mm-hmm. and you you're starting to see like why that might be exactly you know
1: yeah i i love that so much and i love the idea like that we talked about earlier in like uh the other episode of how this is definitely 100% they confirmed it like they're they're a different subsect of like tusken raiders yeah or yeah. Tuscans rather like which i thought was like okay this is really cool like this is the tribe of the tribes of tatooine like that's like that's what they're talking about and like the, yeah the episode was about humanizing these tusken raiders and i think like my com- initial complaint about why Boba Fett would decide to be the daimyo. I think it has going to have something to do with these Tusken Raiders. Yeah. What he
0: learns while he's with them, like what he sees. And uh, I was going to get more into it later when we got there, but you know, the part about like him brokering the, the agreement between the Tuskins and the, the Pikes, uh, you know, on their behalf, because he sees, you know, like what's happening from the Tusken perspective. And I think, I think you're right. I think that's one of the reasons that, maybe because we were wondering like why did he decide to be a a crime lord instead of a bounty hunter and i think i think you're right i think some of this his time spent with the tuscans is going to influence his decision in that way you know so like like this system is broken uh nobody's fixing it i'll take charge and i'll fix it myself
1: god damn it yeah exactly exactly um it would be interesting to see the tuscans like uh mingle with the Tatooine people maybe that's like what he's maybe that's the grand scheme of like boba fett's plan but who knows
0: who and knows? we know it
1: can work because we saw it in the mandalorian when they cooperated to kill the crate dragon exactly and
0: then they and then they brokered the peace like you know like we'll we, we won't bother you if you won't bother us and and things like that so it it can work
1: mm-hmm. yeah i'm very excited to see that um i would like the train. Um, I think like the train scene, like with the, with the Pike Syndicate. I like. I had to like wire my brain for a second. I was like, "Oh man, these masks. Are, is this is this the Pike Syndicate?" Like, I, yeah, when well, I saw
0: because, that, and that's the third version of the Pike. And correct me if I'm wrong. But this is the first time we've seen pikes without masks, right? This is the first time we've actually seen pike faces.
1: So we have seen them in the Clone Wars. And, uh, well, but the- in the Clone Wars, they had weird things. Like the, the mouths moved, but it
0: still looked like masks. And then mm-hmm. in Solo, they wore, like, box masks that looked like security cameras. Mm-hmm. And then this, they had a, a, a different type of mask again in this episode. Mm-hmm. So, like, but I think, like, when they took them off and they looked like fish people, yeah. or something. This is like the first time we've actually seen what a pike's face looks like.
1: Yeah, I, I guess so. And uh, in live action, anyway, like they didn't show yeah. him solo. I, I. The other thing I got with the pikes is like, yeah, like I, I was having trouble because like I didn't remember them looking like that. And I think they also made a reference of like how they're like a different subsect of like pikes. You know, could like, be like a, like a they're they're definitely from Kessel, which I thought was really cool. Like that's a solo reference there.
0: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Um, the other thing um, about like, yeah, the whole, like, train sequence was really cool because, like, we don't get a lot of train sequences. And I loved – Well, it was – yeah. It was it was a train heist. Uh, it was, like, an old-fashioned
0: Western train heist. Mm-hmm. And, like, we talked last week about how, like, so much of the influence of Star Wars is old samurai movies. And, like, everything that isn't samurai movies is, like, Westerns and World War II movies. Like, so, mm-hmm. is next week – so, we had samurai stuff last week. We got Westerns. Are we going to see, like, World War II-style stuff in Episode three? <laughs> like, what yeah. are we – What are we going to see? But yeah, it's like, it's the old fashioned, it's the train heist. They ride up, they jump on the train, they're climbing on top, they shoot out on top of the train, you know, Mm -hmm. jumping in the windows. Um, And at first I was wondering like, what's on this train? Because it looked like each car was empty, except for the people shooting out the windows. Mm -hmm. And like, I was like, is it a cargo train? Is it a passenger? Like what's even in there? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because It it didn't look like it had anything in it. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And I, I liked the parallel um, as the train goes by and cause you notice the, the pikes on the train started shooting at the Tuscans before the Tuscans started shooting at the train.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it reminded me of like the old uh, manifest destiny settlers who would come out on the trains uh, back at the 1800s into, into the American West and they would just shoot out the windows of the train. They would shoot at natives. They would shoot at, uh, bison just shoots that stuff out the windows of the trains just because they could for fun, you know, and that's kind of like uh, the, the vibe I got from that.
1: Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. Which uh, I was going to actually go into it and like, the uh, references in easter egg apart but like the great dragon noise like uh that the dragon mm. made like you can hear it like it made exactly like the same great dragon noise yeah the... i thought it was a great dragon at first like are we are we, get, are we gonna see another great dragon yeah exactly um but no i felt bad you know they shot everybody uh and not just the men but the the women and the children as well okay that's us too and we got we got to go for a hat <laughs> trick we got to reference yeah. that a third time at some point by the way, um, speaking of like also the Banthas who passed away, like it just reminded me of like, I wanted to like share this with all of y'all. So, this is um, blue milk. <laughs> it's, not actually, it's not actually blue milk. So, uh, at Disneyland in Batu, um, you can buy these little containers. Um, they fill it up with the blue or green milk from the, the Thala Siren, you know, shout oh, out yeah. to the Thala, the Thala Titties. The Last like, Jedi. Like, yeah. I, you know, I love the Last Jedi. I just the Thala titties are just like ingrained in my head. That that part didn't bother me. <laughs> it was the
0: Canto bite sequence that I didn't like, but th- that's a whole other thing.
1: Exactly. Uh, um, I wanted to show you because I bought this. I bought this novelty thing because it was so hot in California, and I needed something to carry water <laughs> afterwards. But look what I, I didn't realize it did. It does this. Ah! It lights look up. At that like that's cool i don't know
0: so you can put regular milk in it and light it up and it
1: becomes blue milk i guess so it's it's a blue light um so yeah yeah i guess you're absolutely right it's because like you know it gets dark at disneyland sometimes and a lot of people have a lot of lighty things on Mm. and i didn't notice that until i was packing my suitcase ready to leave california and i was Ah. like this lights up they didn't tell me that (laughs) but anyway um no, that was really cool. Um, it was sad to see all those, like you know, all that happening to this, like the tribe that like we've been connecting with. But what was really cool seeing? Um, we saw more of the biker gang a little bit, like yeah. sense of anarchy thing. But do you know where they were? It
0: now this uh, th- th- we were going to get into the Easter egg section. I had a, I had a great one. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the now I did not notice this myself. This was pointed out to me, and yeah. I. And but have you ever seen the the cut scene the the cut deleted scenes from the original A New Hope mm-hmm. where Luke and Biggs are hanging out at Tashi Station with their friends mm-hmm. and like the couple that was at this state which presumably is Tashi Station uh, it could be anywhere but it, it's probably Tashi Station it was the same it was that same couple that was hanging out with Luke and Biggs. Mm-hmm. in those deleted scenes from the new hope. And I yeah. can't remember their names, but so that is just so cool that they're in there. Like that, that is a one percenter, like yeah. 1% of fans will notice that without it being pointed out to them. Like I, like I say, I didn't notice it when somebody told me yeah. about it.
1: But like, well, well, let me tell you, uh, Jeff, like you are absolutely right. That is Tashi station, you know, the same place where Luke wanted to go to get some power converters. And that those two couples are Cami and fixer. Uh, that's their name thank you yeah, okay luke skywalker's best friends like after bigs dark after bigs Darklighter, absolutely and that is an exact replica of that deleted scene from Tashi station again like it, it's really hard not to talk about the easter eggs because they're like part of the story they're so part of the story and they're not really now,
0: Easter eggs i the, the last time i saw those deleted scenes it was a couple of years ago but the actors that they got for this episode if memory serves they look pretty bang on Mm-hmm. for for the original actors uh who were
1: who were in those scenes yeah i right? thought not for for some reason i thought they were the original actors but then i remembered oh wait they'd be like 60 <laughs> they would be like 60 years old there's no way but they were yeah. very close um they 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 really did look like them yeah but again it was uh, like if we're talking about like canon e- easter eggs and references like a lot of people will not care like they were just like oh boba fett went to this bar which I didn't even know Tashi station honestly was a bar. Like when you talk about power, convert, like this, this bar must be like a bodega. Like it has like everything, yeah, so like power converters, like in a bar, like. Sure. Why not? <laughs>
0: well, unless power converters are like a snack. You, uh, know? you know? Yeah. I, I you I know, like we that. have, we have weird names for our snacks, like bugles,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: like sure. Daily whatever.
1: I guess so. Yeah, you're right. Um, but I don't know, like they didn't have to do it but like they did and it was like it was a cool touch it was, it was just a fun, fun thing and it has nothing to do with anything and mm-hmm. we will never see those two again
0: ever but it's just yeah. the fact that they were there is just so and especially because it's it's not even an easter egg to something from like the comics or from the movies it's, it's from a deleted scene that almost nobody saw mm-hmm. like very few people have actually watched those deleted scenes mm-hmm. you know and, and they're really bad actually <laughs>
1: I mean, like uh, you know, like talking about deleted scenes, like back in those days, you didn't have special features or no, DVDs, right? So like they didn't really care what those like usually like deleted scenes nowadays, they look like actual like, oh yeah, this was actually filmed and edited and yeah, like, with the CGI and everything. We just had to Well
0: I'm not talking about the low quality, like obviously they didn't they didn't touch it up for the film because it wasn't gonna be in the film. I'm just saying like the the scene itself is mm-hmm. clunky like oh, it's, yeah. I, it's, I can see why they cut it basically <laughs> like,
1: oh yeah you know what not like, a very good scene now that i remember what the scene was like because it was um it was luke skywalker's perspective of like the- yeah
0: and he's watching
1: the the fight
0: above he's, he sees
1: the flashes of
0: light and it's the tantive four being attacked mm-hmm. and you know and and biggs is talking to them about you know sign you know going off world to fight and and mm-hmm. And I forget what Cami and Fixer were talking. It was just random bullcrap, but mm-hmm. and it, but it was it was just very, very good dialogue, and it, the the it was didn't really add anything to the movie, and it, it kind of ruined the pacing too because, uh, it, you know, it introduces us to Luke too early. Mm-hmm. Like the, the fact in, in in the theatrical cut of the film, we don't see Luke until the, the droids arrive at the Lars farm. Like that's, that's the proper time to introduce Luke, exactly. you know, like we shouldn't see him before then.
1: Yeah. It's fun. Little Easter eggs for the Star Wars fans. Like
0: yeah. it was um, like, it's totally, it's a totally nothing Easter egg. And I loved it. I was like, yeah. as soon as, as soon as I found out that that's, that's who they were, I was like, Oh, that's so cool. Yeah.
1: Well, the, the scene itself, I think was really cool too. Like we got to see Boba Fett be a badass. Like, Like mm-hmm. um, I think like the fight scene in this one was way better than uh, the shield scene in episode one. Mm, definitely. Um, Definitely. I, uh, it was really good action. Um, he stole the, like the speeder bikes, which, mm-hmm. um, like, I love the training montage. It, it, it was very oh, reminds- teaching the Tuscans to ride the, the bikes. Yeah. It reminded me so much of like, um, Seven Samurai, like Kurosawa.
0: God, yeah, it did. Yeah. Actually. I, I hadn't thought of Seven Samurai. I was getting real, some dances with wolves vibes.
1: There's that. And, too. La-
0: and last samurai, you know, like where this outsider joins this native culture and helps them fight back against the yeah, the outsider oppressors or whatever it was.
1: Exactly. Yeah. No, there, there's that too. Um, some call it the white savior, but uh Timur Morrison is not white. He's Maori. He's, yes, he's Maori. So so
0: the, the great the great Maori savior.
1: <laughs> yeah. So uh us the brown people can like uh be the brown saviors. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyway, um I like the part where he's like, you know, like a bad guy. <laughs> Like that. I was just like, (laughs) I don't know. Like he does, he
0: doesn't, he's not fluent in their sign language. So he's kind of making up some of his own stuff.
1: Yeah, exactly. But uh, we see them get efficient with like the speeder bikes and like that, we talked, we already talked about like the train sequence and how cool that was. Um, Anthony Carboni, who was the host of the star Wars show. And uh, you know, he's a kind of funny, kind of funny best friend and best friend of this show. Kind of, I guess Mm -hmm. like by association, really, I don't know, Anthony. Um, Mm -hmm. He made an interesting reference that like, um the song that was kind of playing on that train scene i think it was that one or something else i have to like re- listen to like the episode that he was on he wasn't involved with the show by the way like he was just reacting yeah. to it as a fan of star wars um they play a who little would do of- that yeah <laughs> they play a little bit of the uh the crimson dawn uh theme song in there. oh i guess interesting would- I-, I don't know like how true that is but like you know we talk about crimson dawn yeah. out there well so, and i mean they're a rival syndicate to the
0: pikes too so mm-hmm. i don't know is it, is it the crimson dawn theme or is it just um the underworld theme
1: i don't know it's, i uh, I think it's uh, from what i understood i think it's um the crimson dawn like snippets or something like, mm. that or like that again it's not in the reference portion because i don't know how true that is and or how accurate my information is but it was brought up crimson so, dawn was brought up so i was just, some, like, something to check on anyway you know we mm-hmm. listen to see if you can hear that that's kind mm. of interesting. So now Boba Fett is accepted into the Tusken Raider tribe. Um, he goes into their tent, which again, uh, we're talking about Bedouins and stuff like that. Like these yeah. are very resembling the Bedouins. Like that looks like, yeah, that looks like well, a Bedouin tent. And it was,
0: it's it's cool too, because it's it's a lot of Bedouin culture, but they, they're mixing in um, various Native American um, aspects to it too. So it's not purely, which I like because Star Wars does that a lot. Uh, they take amalgamations of, of different cultures. We'll take a little bit of this culture and mix it with a little bit of this culture, and we'll create a new one uh, for for Star Wars. And um, you know, a lot of a lot of good sci fi and fantasy uh, does that, like Wheel of Time, which I'm rereading again now for the third time. Because it's fantastic. Uh, Robert Jordan does that. Like he'll he'll take bits of real world cultures and he'll mix and mash them together and, and create whole new things with, you know, recognizable, identifiable elements. And it's like, oh, that clearly came from Chinese culture. That clearly came from like Venice, and this is from such and such. And but he he puts them together in such a way that it it creates a cohesive new culture that we can identify with. And I think that's that's really cool.
1: Oh yeah. No, I I love that. I love that about Star Wars. Um, There was definitely a lot of like Bedouin like influence. And I think like what, like talking about earlier, like humanizing the Tuscan writers, like, and comparing like indigenous tribes and Bedouins and stuff like that. Like Mm -hmm. as somebody who honestly did kind of look at the Tuscan writers and like, Oh yeah, these are the, uh, these are the Arabs, you know, Mm -hmm. that walk in the sand people, you know, (laughs) or something Mm -hmm. like that. It's just like, it's so cool seeing these characters. And for the first time ever, I'm just like, I love these guys. I, I, I used to like them as a kid too. Like I really like, but I liked how menacing and like savage. Yeah. They were. But like and we didn't really know anything about them.
0: Yeah. You yeah. know, like we just, we know that they, they walk single file to hide their numbers. We know that they yell a lot and they have gaffy sticks mm-hmm. and ride Banthas. And that's really all we knew about them for a very long time.
1: Yeah. And now it's just like, it completely changed my perspective on them. So like this episode is so cool because, um, because of that, um, I'm excited to learn more about Tuscan writer culture Tatooine, You also mentioned like, yeah, like there used to be oceans here. And like, that is a direct reference from like the EU comics and stuff like that. And then bringing that to Canon, like, uh, the lore behind the Tuscan Raiders has been something I didn't expect out of this. Like I thought we would learn more about Boba Fett, but <laughs> like uh, Boba Fett's learning more of a lot from the Tuscan Raiders, and so are we. Yeah. And I think that's super cool. And, and I'm loving that because this is
0: two shows in a row now. We have Mandalorian and Boba Fett, both of which is expanding on on Tuscan culture. You know, and we're we're seeing like obviously Boba's interacting with a different tribe than uh, Din Djarin and, and Cobb Vanth interacted with. You know, so we're seeing the different aspects and how, and like, even in this one where they're saying like some tribes survive by killing. So like, you see like the ones that abducted Anakin's mom for seemingly no reason. And then tied her to a, a thing for like a month. And I don't know, beat her, I guess. I don't know what, I don't know what the hell was going on there, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, so like we, we see that some tribes are are more violent than others. Some prefer to just keep their distance, you know, some steal but the, they, they don't, you know, go into direct contact. So it was really interesting. And which brought me to another thing that we didn't talk about last week, but uh, remember when uh, the little, the little Tuscan took Boba and they, uh, they ended up digging up the little uh, pods. Remember at first they went to the farm and the biker gang was attacking it. Mm-hmm. So I, I assumed that they had originally gone there. They were going to steal water from the farmers Mm-hmm. Uh, because that's what they do, because uh, they talked about that in Mandalorian, the Tuscans will steal water from the settlers. And I and I guess they were going there to steal water from these people, but the biker gang was there, we were like, well, shit, I guess we can't do that. Let's go dig up some melon things.
1: Mm-hmm. They're called black melons, by the way, and they were also introduced in the comics. Um, by name, uh, like uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi was trying to sell black them. Black melon. They, they couldn't think of a better name than black melons, really? Uh, they could have think of a better name than Jizz. <laughs> for jazz <laughs> but i mean j-
0: jizz is great you get so much mileage out of jizz like there was, sure. a, there was a, a lot twitter, of people do. there was a twitter thread last week where somebody found out for the first time that, that the music style the music style was called jizz and like everyone was coming <laughs> it was like um He was talking about like, oh, I think it's so cool that jazz is a thing in Star Wars. And somebody responded, do I get to be the one to tell you that it's called jizz? It's like, what? No, you can't
1: possibly be serious. And then there was a whole big thread about everyone finding out that it's called jizz. Exactly. Yeah, that's it's crazy. I mean, Wikipedia is such a fascinating place because you get like Wikipedias for like dog. (laughs) yeah <laughs> like a dog and like a dog. a dog and, and it's like it's an actual a real life dog like or a goat you know there's like, ducks
0: ducks exist in the star wars universe because there was
1: a reference made to them once so they, they're in there ducks yeah uh, so it's very it's a rabbit hole um but yeah but black melons sounds like what i would call them if i didn't know what they were called it's like <laughs> oh they're gonna dig up some of those black melon things exactly yes, yeah exactly. i get it right. Um, talking about Tuscan Raider culture, what did you think about that salamander, man? That was weird. Yeah. Fucking
0: like it's a weird, it reminded there was an Outer Limits episode with worms that went up your nose and made you I don't know, it's kind of like uh, or anamorphs, you know, where they go in your ear. Uh I was I was pretty weird. Although that it was this is where like I'm you getting the the Native American vibe is he's going on like his his vision quest, I guess you could say. Uh And there was a lot of stuff in that vision quest. There's a lot of stuff to talk about in there. And there's a lot of different ways to interpret it too, Mm -hmm. you know? So he sees, um, well, there's the ocean and it's like, is he, is he seeing the ocean of, of Tatooine from the past? Or is he, is he recalling his own past with the oceans of Camino? There's his tree, which is obviously it's a real tree because he gets the branch from it. But, but there's also like, he's seeing, he's hallucinating this tree in his vision and what does it represent? There's all the little glowing eyes, like Jawa eyes in the branches. And then there was the the little smaller tree next to it. Like, is this supposed to be like, um, because we, and we saw him remembering his father. So like the big tree is Django, the little tree is him. And then like, there's so much going on there. And I think I would have to rewatch that, that scene like four or five times to try and pick apart everything that was going on.
1: Yeah. It was reminiscent of uh, the Jedi and like going through a similar thing. Mm. Like, and how they get their Kyber crystal and they have to go through a, a vision quest. Do you have, think like, Yoda
0: sticks a lizard up their nose?
1: <laughs> like, you know, yeah. like, um, yeah, no, I don't think so. The lizard thing caught me so hard I laughed uh, because I was <laughs> like, this is the weird shit like that I was hoping for in Star Wars. And I was like, yes, like let that li- like I saw the lizard. I was like, are they going to eat it? Like what? <laughs> Is this going to be another like? uh Like, is a it a movie? pet
0: for him? Like, they give it to him
1: as a gift. It's a little pet. I was like, okay, what's this for? My, my question is like, where does it go?
0: <laughs> well, obviously, it goes into your brain because it induces, you know, hallucinations and shit. Yeah. Uh, can you? But can, it can think.
1: Can you like poke your brain like? But you
0: could nose. theoretically you could because your olfactory nerve runs up out of your, your sinus cavity. And like, if you've ever seen a skull, obviously there's holes where your nose is. That's where the olfactory nerve goes. So theoretically you could jam something up your nose into your brain. Uh-huh. Um, So I guess this lizard knows how to get in there and chew on something. And, and they, they also said it was a guide So like it, the lizard knows where this tree is Mm-hmm. And it it shows him how to get there. And are the hallucinations a byproduct of that? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, like it's it's not necessary to show him how to get to the tree, but that it just part or like there's so much to unpack in this with this mm-hmm. weird lizard thing. I don't.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I uh, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm very like I think it's really up to interpretation, but I think we'll know more about maybe like what this vision looks like. Mm-hmm. and Cause like we're, we, we saw it at the beginning of the episode, like him dreaming of his dad, like still yeah. not go like it, This is probably like, what, what's really interesting about a show, like this show about Boba Fett is how little we do see him in that armor. And mm-hmm. like, given the context of just the movies for Boba Fett, <clears throat> kind of a lame character, you know, mm. like the only thing about Boba Fett that we really like truly know is that he has cool armor. You know, yeah. that is like his that's why point. he
0: was popular for 30 some years is because he
1: looked cool. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so this is Boba Fett really like we're trying to figure out like who he is without the armor, you know, yeah. kind of like a Spider-Man, like Spider-Man um, homecoming situation. Mm. Like, who are you without that armor? You know, are you still Spider-Man? Is he still Boba Fett? Like, who is Boba Fett? Is he mm. a clone of a man or mm-hmm. like, is he his own person? Like, like this is. I think this is him trying to figure that out, especially like talk. I think we talked about that earlier in the beginning of the episode, like Mm -hmm. this is going to be Boba Fett's journey of like figuring out who the hell he is and why he, why
0: he wants this career change that he has. And, you know, another thing too, is like, they, they made a point of him seeing his, his dead father, Mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, and then of course he has just escaped death himself. Mm -hmm. Is, is he like, is we we, there's reasons for him to go into this uh this daimyo role you know like i'm gonna take over the system and i'm gonna make things the way they should be but is it does does he also have a motivation to leave the life of a bounty hunter behind like i don't want to end up like my father with my head cut off or you know down in the belly of this giant monster being digested for a thousand years like i that's not the life that i want anymore you know so he's he's transitioning from what he's the only thing he's ever known, really. He was raised as a child to be a bounty hunter. Uh, When his father died, he fell in with other bounty hunters, you know, Aura Singh and and Bosk and and all those guys. And he he worked with that crew. So he's basically been a bounty hunter pretty much literally his entire life. Mm -hmm. And I don't, it's, it's, he never really chose that life for himself. That's just the life that was put upon him. So now This is really the first time that he's taken a a step back, you know, for introspection is like, who do I want to be? What do I want to do with my life? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm very excited to like learn more. I think like this episode, uh, first of all, like my my the favorite, my favorite part of this episode was that it was an hour long. <laughs> yeah, we got when a I, decent full length episode. I was like, when I saw that, like on Disney Plus, I was like, let's go. Like hey, this no Robert Rodriguez, man. I Jeez. I hope we get more one-hour episodes, but like, yeah, I was really happy about the length. Um, it really just got me hyped up. I feel like the first episode was fine. Uh, but mm-hmm. this one was definitely yeah, it opened up a lot of questions, it opened up a lot of theories and thoughts. Um, let's um we're getting towards like uh, there's a couple more re- references in easter eggs I want to kind of talk about that we haven't talked about um just mm. yet. But um, what was what was like your favorite moment and like maybe it was something that you could have done without?
0: <gasps> okay, well, obviously my least favorite moment I've complained about it several times was the weird thing in the mayor's office. I didn't I wasn't really a big fan of that. Mm. Uh, my favorite moment, um, oh it's it's so hard to choose. There were so many good parts. Yeah. Uh, the, the 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 vision quest was cool in that I want to watch it over and over again to see all if see if I could pick up things that I didn't notice the first time and like try and see, like there's so much symbolism going on in there, uh, you know, like of the past, of the future, things that we already know about, things that you know are haven't happened yet that we might have to guess to where, like this is this is a lot. Mm-hmm. there's a lot. uh so I like that. um, I liked the, the whole train heist scene was cool because mm-hmm. I love a good train heist. Uh, but I, I think I liked the bit at the end where he's hashing out the deal with the pikes and he says, uh, this is their land. If you want to cross this land, you have to pay them a toll. Mm-hmm. And this is how it's going to be. And like, well, we're gonna, we're, we'll die of thirst without water. It's like here, take these black melons, which are actually called black melons, apparently.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Uh <laughs> You know, that, that was, that was cool. I liked that. That's the authoritative sort of thing that I want to see. And I, it was his first taste of, you know, this, this daimyo role that he's, that he wants, that he's trying to get for himself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if, if he could be that, if he could be that person Mm -hmm. in, in Tatooine with the mayor and the huts, I think it would, it would serve him very
1: well. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with you. Um, my favorite part, uh, we haven't talked about it yet, but was it was the Tuscan dance. And the reason why I like that so much is Tamora Morrison really puts everything into Boba Fett. But mm. what, I, what I really enjoy about his portrayal is how much of his Maori culture that he puts into Boba Fett, specifically like in The Mandalorian, like with the gaffy stick, like it was very, like a, it, it's weapon training. And like, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a specific <clears throat> fighting style of, the Maori people and the dance that the Tuscans do it was, it was a haka. It's, yeah. Like it was it
0: basically was, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. I'm <clears throat> pretty sure like, you know, Robert Rodriguez got like Tamara Morrison's like opinion about like how to coordinate that. Um, that scene was like so cool. And it was so hype and it, again, it, like it adds to the humanization of the Tuscan writers, which I, mm. um, I've been loving like so far in like this episode. I've um, also loved the, uh, huts i wanted to see huts so bad this is the first time we've seen a hut in live action since the phantom menace and i was really happy to see him again. am i
0: am i crazy i haven't i haven't watched um the older movies since rise of skywalker when i did my pre-star wars star wars marathon Mm -hmm. but i feel like i've seen them often enough that i recognized the font for the subtitles when they had the huttese is that that's the same font they used in the movies isn't it
1: um you know, I, I never caught my eye, but I think that yeah, it is yellow. Um, it's it looks very actually. You know what? It does kind of look similar. It looks similar specifically to Return of the Jedi. Well.
0: Yeah, yeah. When and, when uh, when they're having the conversation with Jabba in the palace, it's it's that. It's not just necessarily the color of it is, but the, the font itself. Mm-hmm. You know, like it it's the same. I think.
1: Yeah, I sure. think. Yeah, yeah I'll I, have I, to I get screenshots and compare. But exactly. Um, what I didn't like in this episode. Um, you know, I love Ming Ming Na I love Phoenix Shen. I did, I hated what they did to her in this episode. <laughs> she didn't like, really do anything.
0: She didn't yeah, have anything
1: to do exactly, except for
0: except for bluffing the assassin guy, which was a, a boss move, by the way. Yeah. Uh, but that's really the only thing she had to do in this whole
1: episode, which may which sucks because I wanted to see more. Uh, I wanted to see more of her. Um, Garza Thwip is uh, she's kind of sus too. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I'm. I'm
0: looking. I'm giving her the side eye. I'm like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah, you know. And I want
0: these two Gamorrean guards to have names. I want to know who they are. We are the Bob and Steve. I want to know, like, who are you, Bob and Steve? Yeah. Let, let, let us get to know you a little better because well, you're you're following Boba and, and, and Fennec around. You're, you're obviously loyal to him. You help him fight off these assassins. Tell us your story. You know, who are you?
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I would love to. I would also love to know more about them too. Um, all right. Yeah. So. I think that was pretty much the episode. Um, let's go into references, Easter eggs. Um, it's Easter. It's Easter Sunday. So let's. Well, we, go we've ahead.
0: already found a lot of the eggs. I don't but know, but uh, there's, there's a few more.
1: But there, there is a few more. So the little rat thing that that one of the twins uh, was holding. With
0: he's wiping himself with?
1: Yeah. So that is a hojub. A ho-jub. Um, <laughs> that is a caricature uh in from the Marvel Star Wars Disney com- like the Marvel the Marvel Star Wars comics from the 70s. Mm-hmm. Like uh specifically <laughs> like it is for, like very obscure. Um they don't look exactly like the Hojibs in like the comic. I don't know. I like again this, that's,
0: that's, that's that's as obscure as Cammy and Fixer. Let's be real here. Yeah. Like <laughs> uh, like Star Wars almost explains. nobody's gonna get that.
1: Saurus explains, like, hit me up on it, you know. Like they didn't talk to me specifically, they released a video and I watched They're it. Like, so. call you up. Hey,
0: sit. <laughs>
1: but that 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 looks exactly like a Hojab, job. And it was so sad. I hated it. Like, I hated that little thing. It looks so sad, like being all like, did you see him up. biting him though? Like he was what he was wiping himself off, and it's like biting at his hand, like ah, mm-hmm. let go! yeah, that was yeah, it was kind of sad. It made, it made me sad.
0: <laughs> um, I thought he was gonna eat it, you know, like yeah. it looked like it came from a snack bowl, like Jabba
1: had. Uh but no, he's just wiping himself off with it. Yeah. And the other one she had a little fan too, which yeah. uh I, I can't I can't I, di- I can't begin to think like that will help her cool off that little teeny fan. No. <laughs> but and, anyway, but, and they
0: had tattoos too. Mm-hmm. Uh because Jabba didn't have any tattoos, but every other hut we've seen
1: that I can recall had a ta- had some kind of tattoo. Jabba the hut does have a tattoo, my friend. On does his, he? On his arm. You can't really see it like in Return of the Dragon. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, it is uh, for his clan. Um, I don't know if it looked similar to the one. I, had- I
0: was talking about facial tattoos, though. Oh, yeah. E- every other hut we've seen has something on their face.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And Jabba didn't.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, you're right there. But um, no, um, the tattoo is really cool. A lot of the huts do have tattoos. Um, what else? Oh, um, going back to Black Horsantan, Boba Fett mentioning like, the fact that he was... um, um the Gladiator. Gladiator it's right. Re- it is a reference to his status in the comics and like the fact that he was a mm-hmm. gladiator so you know boba fett acknowledging that it's just like a little things like he knows that black crescentin he knows who he is like obviously well they've worked together before have they not yeah but it, it wasn't like this bullshit like uh we're going to retcon the the comic type of thing uh with yeah. boba fett and crescentin like uh, the, the gladiator thing like boba fett acknowledges like this wookiee isn't like a brand new wookiee that he's never yeah. seen before so you know yeah so that so he that knows was, who he is. That little tidbit was really nice. Um, the other thing I wanted to bring up was, uh, uh, oh, um, where Boba Fett was making his gaffy stick. Yeah. So that, that little area is an exact replica of what the modern Star Wars loves to do is uh, Ralph McQuarrie's uh, concept art for the Tusken Raiders. If you look at one of the pictures that he drew, that mm-hmm. scene, it's uh, mm-hmm. with like a little ship exactly mm-hmm. of, of oh wow
0: that's cool. cool i was getting um i was getting major soccer vibes uh from avatar last airbender when he's making his sword
1: oh interesting know? i've never watched last avatar which that's oh you gotta watch it. that's that's your assigned viewing <laughs> yeah that's my shame that's my shame i feel like i should have watched it a long time ago but...
0: actually no watch arcane first because it's mm-hmm. fantastic and then watch avatar
1: Uh, There's a lot to watch for sure. (laughs) Um, Speaking of Ralph McQuarrie, um, going back to the uh, the the tribal dance again, uh, them being around the campfire with the Tuscan Raiders like recalling stories and like chanting Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. It's another concept art that Ralph McQuarrie drew uh, drew of the Tuscan Raiders too. So
0: I love his art, man. Like some of the stuff that he's drawn uh for star wars is just is so cool like just just looking at it like there's so much detail and there's so much imagination like where where does he even get half of this shit from you know
1: mm-hmm. exactly and you know like there's a reason why they use it all the time mm. yeah um that's um that's all the all the uh the major ones um i guess not really a reference or anything but like the rancor part um it's interesting that she did it like uh, Fennec Shand did it on the chair, but Jabba mm-hmm. had had the the button that you would press. Right. So it makes me wonder if Bib Fortuna had a a monster like a, his um like a menagerie. Like oh a, yeah, whatever. well I mean it was it was the same button, wasn't it? Didn't she hit the same button on the side of the chair? No, she uh, pressed the button in the Rancor's mouth on the chair. Um, because like that chair was never there in Star Wars. Okay, I was I wasn't paying attention
0: enough. Yeah. Um. I know, where seriously. she where she hit the button um but it was i mean it's the same obviously it's the same pit and then the 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 dais or wherever the chair is rolls over the top so you can look down through the grate just like jabba did Mm -hmm. um uh but it it, the way i interpreted the scene was that 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 pit has been empty ever since luke killed uh the rancor in uh in return of the jedi Mm
1: -hmm. yeah um in battlefront 2 Uh, or uh, one of the Battlefront games uh, in the recent... The game, new
0: one or the old one? The
1: the, the newer ones, uh, okay. where you are in Jabba's Palace. Uh, mm-hmm. You can actually see the dead Rancor in there. So I'm actually just surprised that there was not Bones or something, like five years or... Well, like, it's I, I been five years. It, it would be Bones, for sure. How would you get a Rancor out of there? Like, that's that's a lot of work. <laughs> just bring in, like, some Masses and have them eat it. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, I, I just, like, I was surprised, like, how empty it was. Especially, like... Well, and- With the chair design and everything like I just with the button. And like I say, they did have another Rancor because there was
0: the one from the Bad
1: Batch. I think that one, you know, talking about references and stuff like that. I think that Rancor was a was, you know, sweetie, which I think that's what the. No, uh, sweet pea. Some, it has a <laughs> that rancor has a weird name. Like I think it was yeah. sweetie or something like that. But like I think they're the same rancor. I think you think I I assumed
0: it was at first too. Like the whole episode, I was thinking it was going to be the same rancor. But then because the the rancor from Jedi also has a name, which I can't recall. Um, but it's a different name. Yeah. So I was thinking, you know, like because that was like, obviously my original assumption was that this, this Rancor in the Bad Batch was the Rancor from Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. And then like they mentioned the name and it's different from, so maybe it's not, I don't know, maybe, it, maybe it was supposed to be the same one and they just changed what its name was mm-hmm. uh, because the, maybe cause like the, the, the name of the, the Return of the Jedi Rancor, um, it, it could just be something from legends that they've decided like, ah, we're not going to do that, mm-hmm. you know? so
1: yeah i mean like it wouldn't surprise me this wouldn't be the first time that um like they they did something like that like you know going back to like ahsoka tano having like white lightsabers instead of Mm -hmm. blue ones or like having blue actually blue lightsabers in the mandalorian or did she have white well that's now have you read the ahsoka novel yeah she had uh she had different colored ones too like in the well yeah but i mean
0: because it explains it in the novel how they how she got the white ones okay yeah, because um, she because she fought one of the inquisitors and she took his kyber crystals from him and then she purified them and then so they're white now.
1: Yeah. yeah, I think that's what happened. I just can't remember like what the complaint was. Like there was a big change in the Ahsoka book that the Mandalorian TV show made to Ahsoka. There,
0: there was it, I don't think the Mandalorian did it, it was um it was Clone Wars itself and the Siege of Mandalore. Because the, the description of the, the Siege of Mandalore in Ahsoka, in the novel Ahsoka, which I'm looking at over on my bookshelf, mm-hmm. uh, was a little bit different from the way it took place in the show. Yeah. And I mean, it, that didn't bother me very much. You know, it's, it's a small retcon, mm-hmm. like, and more people are going to watch the show than, than read the book anyway. Yeah. And the, the rest of the book, it doesn't affect anything that happens in the rest of the book. But it the battle did go down a little differently than it did. And in the book, they had her burying her lightsabers, the blue ones that Anakin gave her on uh, Mandalore, mm. uh, as opposed to on the, the planet where they crash later, where she just leaves them behind. Uh, so there was that that was changed. So there was like I say, there were some small details that were that were different. And I think it's because the novel was written like right after disney started they're like okay we're gonna make our own canon we're gonna set this and so like they hadn't there was a, st- a bunch of stuff that hadn't been hashed out yet and they knew that ahsoka was going to be involved in the siege of mandalore and darth maul was going to be there and and then stuff was going to happen and but they didn't really know exactly all the details of what of how everything was going to go down
1: mm-hmm. yeah um i think stars explained like made it like like made it made sense where he said uh the books are canon like i guess from a certain point of view like a lot of <laughs> it, like when these changes like it's type of thing like uh yeah this did happen but it also happened this way type of thing sure. like they're 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 similar enough to where yeah yeah there is differences but like and it's, it still flows. And it's, it's such a minor detail. It's not like a
0: character died who didn't die in the show or something, you know, like is mm-hmm. like, Oh, she, she buried her lightsabers here or she left them here. Like who cares? It doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, the story itself was, was good. And, yeah. and like I say, the, this, the, and it does explain the origin of her white lightsabers, mm-hmm. which was interesting. Cause like, she had those in rebels and you're like, why are her lightsabers white? I've never seen white lightsabers before. What the hell? And then you read the book, and you're like, "Oh, okay, all right."
1: Yeah, well, that's all the uh, Easter eggs and references that um, I could think of, like besides like the big ones where it was kind of hard not to like talk about a lot yeah. of them. So, um, well, I, I, some of those
0: I, I don't even think they count as Easter eggs if it's like just super obvious, you know?
1: Yeah, like I mean, like the- I guess to the average Star Wars like um, person who doesn't know it, like anything. <laughs>
0: Yes, like, but I mean, isn't the whole idea of an Easter egg is going to be like for super fans to to do the DiCaprio thing and be like,
1: oh, it's the it's that thing? Yeah, you know. I guess you're right. Yeah, you're no, You know what? You're right. You're right. I, maybe if anything, it's the cameo and fixer like thing would be like yeah. more of an Easter egg. I that's think. that's an Easter
0: egg. Is that yeah. like is
1: totally obscure, random nonsense that has nothing to do with anything?
0: Mm-hmm. But then as, as soon as you figure out what it is, you're like, oh, that's so cool yeah. that they put that in there.
1: Oh, um, or the Oh, go ahead.
0: Oh, or the little mouse thing from the the seventies Marvel, game. you know, like stuff, shit like that.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, that's no, what's cool. Yeah, well, the other thing, like, I guess it's a reference, like the biker gang on their mm-hmm. backs. It says tattooing mm-hmm. on it, and yeah, uh, so in Orabesh. in Orabesh. and but the the bat thing um, could be a reference to like an EU like creature. Star Wars explained, like mentioned it too. Um, Mm. Well, because that was that was the same
0: biker gang that was terrorizing the moisture farmers in the last episode, right?
1: Yeah, because they had the
0: same symbol on
1: the back. Yeah, exactly. They spoke English, which was very weird. (laughs) Mm. The way they spoke English was well, no, it's not English. It's basic. Basic, yeah, the basic people. <laughs> Galactic basic. <laughs> all right, well, let's uh, let's uh, cut the show. Well, not cut the show here. We have to rank and review. We got to rank. Episode. We got to rank the
0: episodes. We got two episodes to rank here.
1: Yeah,
0: I'm putting this episode at the top. This is this is the best one so far. Uh, I did not like the beginning very much at all. There were a couple parts that were that were kind of fun, uh, but the majority of the episode was the flashback with mm-hmm. the tuscans and the train heist and everything and i thought that was freaking freaking awesome i loved it so this is definitely uh, i'm ranking this above episode 1 and i also liked how they structured it where it was present flashback as opposed to present flashback present flashback present flashback you know, i i don't like the about, like you were talking last week with the the back to tank and the kind of scene like a video game thing i didn't like that mm-hmm. i just like okay we'll do this and then we'll do the flashback and that's the episode. And I hope that the rest of the episodes follow that same format, like what's going on now and what happened in the past that parallels what's happening now, that's relevant to what's happening now, that informs the choices that Boba is making now, you know, that's, that's what I
1: like. Yeah. I, uh, I 100% agree with you. I would put episode two on top of episode one, for sure. This is, like, the best one. I It, it got me way more interested in the show uh, than the first episode did. I think I was ready to... Like, it's so dumb, but, like, I was kind of ready to write off this show from the first episode, kind of. Because it was oh, just yeah. like, oh, that first episode was, like, I was fine. It was like, Yeah, fine. You don't want to describe a Star Wars
0: show that you've been waiting to see for a year as fine.
1: Yeah, I, I really wish that, like... It really started off strong, but like once we got to episode two and it was an hour long, which made me really excited and seeing all those Easter eggs and like stuff that I caught as someone who reads and Mm -hmm. reads, like tries my best to like follow up on everything canon with Star Mm -hmm. Wars and between watching Star Wars Explains and, uh, like going to batu i i know so much about batu actually <laughs> um i could like uh, see that's
0: t- the gap in my knowledge i don't know anything about it I, yeah. I well, first I you know. gotta go to
1: disneyland so yes <laughs> um so like all those easter eggs um the huts being there um i think like the mayor not being someone we know like is a good thing um, that was a surprise and i like being surprised yeah exactly you know, I, I, I i i it's fun
0: to be able to predict stuff But it's every they throw you a curveball every once in a while. It's like, oh, the mayor's a totally new character. Okay.
1: Uh, what what if Doc Shanzi or whatever his name is? What if he's the ithorian who's in the canteen in episode four? That would be kind (laughs) of that would be really fun. Well, (laughs) because we were talking
0: last week that it you know it might be somebody that we've seen before. Mm -hmm. I still like I still like the Kitster theory. I think that I think that would be hilarious. But well, Kitster's probably in there.
1: He's in there. uh, You know,
0: he'll be he'll be working for the mayor. Maybe Kitster was the receptionist who asked if they had an appointment.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Well, we'll see. Um, But no, um, I think there's a lot of highs in here. I wouldn't even say like a lot of like uh, there was any like issue with the episode, even like, uh, like the Ming-Na Wen thing, like upsetting me because I'm a fan of Ming-Na Wen and Finnick. It was was disappointing, but it wasn't bad. It was just like, I want, I wanted more of that. Oh, we'll see her. We're going to see her. She's what's, what's interesting about her is she is the big like connector of all these Mm -hmm. new Star Wars shows Um, except for the last season of the Clone Wars, which that's a whole other thing. I think like, you know, the bad batch um, Mandalorian and now the book of Boba Fett. Well,
0: bad batch is basically Clone Wars season eight. I mean, let's be real.
1: Yeah, I guess so. But um, yeah, Finnick Shan. it seems like she's the proprietor, like the one that's connecting all this. And it'll be she's like
0: the, the Rosario Dawson role in the Netflix uh, Marvel shows.
1: Yeah. The night nurse or whatever. Oh no. Uh, the healer. That's what she, was he- yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, great episode. Excited for episode three. Uh, we don't know, or chapter three, rather remember book of yeah. Bonfet, he wrote the book. Um, we want to like give credit to the author, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, now chapter three. Now I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt, but the,
0: the title, we, we didn't, we, we mentioned the title of the in the tribes of Tatooine mm-hmm. Remember last week we were talking about the title. It's it's the, the Heinlein novel, the science fiction novel, but also, uh, could be a biblical reference if we, if we look at the biblical reference interpretation, the tribes of Tatooine could also be a reference to the, the 12 tribes of Israel, so that could Ooh. be going with like a, a biblical theme for each of the titles of the episodes. Ah. So, I'm interested to see what the title of episode three is going to be and if this is going to be like a, a, a motif that they're doing, you know.
1: that That's why we have you on here, man, because you're history, you're a history buff, so I wouldn't have got that.
0: So, that I, I'm and you know, if, if episode three is like, uh, you know, like adventures in Tashi Station, then I'm obviously way off base here. <laughs> but that,
1: yeah. that... well, so far you're 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 two for two right now. I think. <laughs> Can you hear me? Okay, by the way. I, oh yeah, we... yeah. I've I'm, I'm got you. I got you. Okay, there we go. I wasn't sure you weren't responding quickly, so I was. <laughs> I think there, I think we have a little bit of a lag. Yeah, it's. I think it's time to go now. So, um, yeah, tune in uh, every Saturday. We're going to upload an episode of the uh, Book of Boba Fett review. Um, And we'll see you guys again for next Saturday for uh, Chapter 3 of the Book of Boba Fett. Uh, Remember to subscribe to the Wayward World podcast on YouTube and podcast services. Support us on Patreon. And uh, give Jeff some love. Uh, Jeff, do you have a Twitter or something like people can like?
0: I do. I mean, I don't use it very much. But uh, it's just... It's at Iljwam, which it would be spelled I L L J W A M H.
1: Yeah, we're gonna put we're gonna put it in the description down here. And, um, okay. Uh, yeah, so people can like check that out. We give you some love, you know. Like maybe one day this episode pops and uh, you know gives Jeff some love too. You know, not just Sid. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you for joining me, Jeff. Once again. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, see you next week, I guess. Yeah, Wayward artist. Without further ado, it's been real.